Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Today on the podcast, we are joined by a local legend. Known for his many years on television news and with a brief stint in politics for the 2008 run for Secretary of State, now you can find him hitting the streets with his Facebook and Instagram live broadcast where he changes the lives of everyone he comes in contact with. Joining us next, Rick Dancer. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Self Esteem Boat Willie. It is a tremendous honor to bring my guest today, Rick Dancer. Welcome, Rick. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So a little backstory. We did this interview before and uh-huh. the magic of technology, I botched the audio and I could have cried. And so some of the people that have been following the podcast through social media kind of picked up on that. I didn't want to get into detail because it's, it's one of those things, but I'm transparent and Rick, you are so awesome for coming back and doing hey, take two. You, you punch. I am in the business. I have I, I have gone back with interviews that didn't come out, and then you find a way to make it come out. You just right. you know it's just life. And pe- we pe- should tell people too the noise in the background. It's not our fault. It's sub Springfield Utility Board. That's they're, right. They're out trimming trees, and they just happen to be right outside Patrick's they house. Didn't, so. I, I'm sure they, that took them a long time to get permission to you cut know a what? tree. I think it's probably the people that don't like what we're doing, Patrick. It seems it's a to scheme. Be, it see? seems to be it's people work against us. This is a fact. <laughs> you know, we've done a couple interviews for your show, and both times they've been. I think I, I know one for sure that just. Facebook kicked us off and you said it was yeah. it was the only time it had ever happened ever happened yeah so it's, we're, we're gonna make it work it's crazy so I you know people had told me to save the transcript and I just said screw it we'll do it again and you were gracious enough to agree to come back so hey, I, I appreciate it my life we'll do it so the reason I wanted to bring you on initially is you know to talk about your project now get real with Rick Dancer but I wanted to start with kind of what people know you you know as in Lane County and my biggest memory was the coverage of the Thurston High School shooting when you were working on the television news and you know you had won some awards for that I mean that was really what put you on the map I think. yeah that, I think that's the day that that um, I turned from being a journalist uh, to being a human being when I was on the news um, you know prior to that it was always about uh, you know, being professional and covering the story and putting on that journalistic ethic kind of idea. And Thurston threw that all out the window for me because that was a day you, I'm not saying I'm not ethical, I'm not a journalist, but it made it. So this was my town. Somebody's farting around in my town and I am not. So it became about the people and it was the human beings. Plus you saw what the national news was doing, which was so trashy and scummy, you know, sneaking into hospital beds and rooms and all this kind of stuff. On the coverage of Thurston. Yeah, on the coverage of Thurston. So here, so for us, it was like, this is our home and and I'm not going to do that. And so it kind of, I think, I guess that was a, you know, a a turning moment for my career because I realized how, what my, I was a service in this community. You know what I mean? I'm not a, I'm not just a news guy. Right. I'm a part of the town that my kids were going to go to that high school one day. My neighbor kids went to that high school. So that's my neighbors are in that school when I'm out reporting on it. So it became real personal. Right. And, um, um, one of the best things that ever happened to me as a journalist, because I think I never covered a story the same way again. Um, I always looked at people first. Right. Um, you know, there's, and I notice that even more now that I'm not in the business, um, there's just things I won't do because I think it traps on, it tramples on people. Right. Well, and, and now more than ever, we see, you know, I mean, right now the big story is these bombs, you know, and right. then you get people on both sides. And the thing that drives me the craziest, who knows, it's too early to even have an opinion on it. But as far as the coverage, they salivated that kind of stuff. Right. Oh my God. It's, it is. And, and you know, I mean, from, I was in a newsroom, so you sure. know, you're coming up with six or seven different angles for this story and never, 
never do you take the big collective sigh of, of breath and say, okay, so what is really important about this? And where are we just filling time? Because right. you know what, what news is, is, is basically there to keep the commercials from bumping into each other, <laughs> right. you know? And right. so they had, we had to come up with, I remember doing forest fires. It was the worst. So the first day on the forest fire was awesome. Because you're out on the fire, it's new, it's different. Then the second day is still okay, but you have to find a new angle for the fire. So then it becomes, you know, which is so stupid that um, to me, because now it's the woman firefighter. Like that's a novelty. Don't we live in a country now where we understand we have women firefighters? Right. They're not a novelty. This is normal. Right. But that became a story. Then it was, you know, the the town and how that was hurting this little. T- Every day it was spinning a new way to keep that story alive. Um, and you know, do, do people really? Are, is it really your big biggest concern um, that what's going on or do you just want to know a little bit of information where's the fire today what's happening do right. I really need to drag this out but see we had to fill time and and now they because they make their money off of all those different shows and all those advertisers they got to fill time and they don't have enough people so you have to just keep repeating that story so that's what you know that's part of the reason I got out um, just tired of right, right. of making well, so, creating news so I mean I kind of mentioned it uh, in the intro that you left the news and then you basically had this wild idea that you were going to run for office. I always wanted to run for office because I'd, I'd see candidates come in and they'd give me their bullshit right. and, and they'd, they'd spin there. You'd ask them a question and they wouldn't answer it. They'd go around it. You right. know? And so I used to sit in my mind and I'd say, if I ran for office, I'd never do that. If I ran for office, I'd never do that. If I ran for office, I'd never do that. So then when it came, um, I wanted out and I saw what was happening to, the, to television. Um, I had two years left on my contract. I'm looking at the data, watching the ratings go into the toilet because people don't watch TV anymore, Um, you know, and I don't get my news from television. And so I was watching this trend. I had two years left on my contract. So I went to management and said, I'll give you a year of my contract and you pay me for a year and I'm going to run for office. And so it was and it didn't just happen. I had to keep working it and I had to walk out of the office and say, "Okay, I won't do it. And. You know, but they, they knew in two years, they couldn't pay me what they were paying me right. today. So they knew it was a way out. And I said to him, if you fire me, you're going to look like dogs. Speaking of dogs, you can hear my dog in the back. But you know what? This is real life. This is this is what podcasts what, are. This is what happens. You know what I mean? If uh, somebody can't get over a dog in the background, hey, we're, 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 we're animal people. Right. You know? And it's cute dogs. It's Enjoy. amazing to me. I mean, not to get off point, but it's amazing to me how, uh, you know much you've you just kind of adapt to this stuff i'm impressed because you got the the rattling in the back of the trees and it's it's pretty cool your experience has has done you well yeah i i think you get to a point where um you know i mean i'm 59 years old and quite honestly patrick i just don't give a damn <laughs> i know, you know i love it i mean I, love it. I have heard so much shit about myself and the other day i get google alerts and some some site um in eugene um on redick or something i don't know what it is it's some site they were um uh, who the hell is this Rick Dancer? And then people were on there just nasty, saying nasty, that, that nasty is- stuff. And I'm like going, you know what? It was kind of funny because I went, um, I mean, yeah, you don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that doesn't hurt your feelings because you hear stuff like that and you're going, well, sure. what, what bugs, them, bugs me the most about people like that is that you don't know me. Right. You don't know shit about me. And right. so you're going to go on and say, because I was once a Republican, now this is who I am. Right. Bullshit. And, if, and, and you're going to yeah. say, because I did this on the news, this is what I am. You don't, I grow, I learn. I, I don't, I'm not a Republican and I'm sure as hell not a Democrat. Right. I'm not even an independent. The independent party spons- or, uh, uh, endorsed Peter DeFazio, who I like Peter as a human, as a politician, uh-uh. Well, term limits. You well, know. <laughs> he, he, the problem is he's one of the most partisan people in Congress. I, 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 you know, I like him as a human being and I think he's, you know, does some really good things, but he's, he just hates Republicans. Right. And so for the independent party then to, to endorse him, you're endorsing the partisanship. And so I can't stay with that. So I dis I, I called up the guy and I said, I'm not, I'm not an independent anymore. I'm going to go back to a non-affiliated voter. And not, I'm not trying to be legalistic. But I got standards, you know what right. I mean? And the biggest problem in this country with politics is partisanship. And I'm not going to be involved with a party that's supporting somebody who is one of the most partisan people in Congress. And, right. You know, well, and I think we need to work together on you know both sides of the aisle, whatever, to work against the parties, both. Well, because the two-party system is what's destroying the it, country. It's, it's completely destroying the country. You know? and, and the only thing they care about is power. 
Right. They don't care about people. They don't care no. about you and me. And they use us. You know, I was listening to Pandora the other day, and I'm going to go buy that. I'm going to go pay the four dollars a month now. So, so you I don't, don't have, have the, to have commercials. the damn commercials. You should buy Spotify, but yes. Okay, I'll do one or the other. But every <laughs> single commercial on there was what hate. It was why I should fear so and so or such and such. And I started listening to it, going, "Oh my God, they just live on fear. Right. They're banking on the fact that the electorate is going to be afraid, and 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 then they take things out of context. Um, you know, somebody did something. Well, it wasn't really quite that, but it doesn't matter because you nobody. All you have to do is sell the message, and then people start going, "Did you know that so and so that Kate Brown did this? Well, do you really know that?" Or right. was it something that was off balance? And, you know, and, and we, we had Newt, uh, Newt, uh, Newt Bueller. Bueller on the show the other day. And it was one thing I thought he was funny that said. He, he said, yeah, they're blasting me for this education thing. And he says, I didn't vote for it because I actually thought that we should have more. There's not that's not enough money to run a school. That's not enough money to do the teachers. But they turned it all around and took it out of context. Right. You know, and and, and vote for who you want. I, I don't care. I I'm saw, not sticking up. I for saw him. a proposal today just in a meme, and it's funny sometimes they're on point, you know, memes. But I saw a proposal today that if a person is running for candidate, so if you're an elected official, you've been elected, you're still running. Right. But if a person's running for office, they cannot speak of the other candidate. Like if that was created as a law, oh, they should make it yeah. so that they cannot speak on them so that they are then forced to speak about what they'll do. Right. And I think that I literally shared it saying this is something we all can get behind. Right. Now, here's the here's the problem for me, Patrick. What about if, if we're going to require that of a candidate? First, we have to require that of ourselves. Right. We want we want Congress to balance the budget right in America. But do we? How many of us are living on credit card debt? How many of us are living, uh, we owe more than we have? Right. Um, so we we live by this standard and then we expect the, the congressional people to live by a different standard. They're doing, they're, they're a reflection of us. Sure. And it's the same with that. So if we want people to talk about issues, then why the hell don't we? Right. But no, we're so easily, um, I was talking to a friend the other day, we were talking about gossip. And we were going, think about how much you gossip and how much people gossip about other people in a day. And if you really started thinking about that every day, you, you would see how much that runs our lives. Right. Like, did you hear there's, what? There's ways you can be aware of it. Like I've heard of, have you ever heard of the rubber band thing where you put a rubber band on your uh-huh. wrist and anytime that you say something negative or gossip or whatever you want to do, you switch hands or wrists, you know, you take the rubber band off one, you have to move it. And then by the time you've done it 160 times in a day, you're like, this is ridiculous. That's a good reminder. It's a good way to do it. You know, you take a rubber band, put it on one wrist. Every time you do something that you're trying to get yourself to stop doing, you have to switch wrists. Or, or you pull it really far and snap yourself. <laughs> right, right. So you're bleeding by the end of the day and you go, right. gosh, I really am kind of. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. And I mean, there's people now that are thriving that mature adult conversation from people that they don't agree with. Right. The beauty, I mean, I work in a barber shop, so there's, I always joke about it. There's three things that you can't talk about. Abortion, the Second Amendment, and Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> and so it's so funny because at this point, and I'm sure the Colin Kaepernick will be filled with the next thing. I mean, last right. month it was LeBron James. Right. But, I mean, that's different. But anyway, you know, people do want to have healthy adult conversations and right. I think we're going in a good direction in a and weird I think way that, well I think that's what you're doing with this too that's I think the goal it, it, you know if we all sit there and promote the, the, the idea that everybody has a voice and everybody should be able to use it right and so then we're, we're in, instead of I don't know I have I guess I've never found anything that I mean, I have strong beliefs about stuff, but I've never had anything that was worth ripping up a relationship over. Right. You know, so it's like if, if I just start disagreeing with something adamantly, I, I just stop talking about it and move on to something else because there's some things you can't talk about. But these people on Facebook and social media that come on and time after time, what I don't think they understand is, you know, you're, you're, you're preaching to your choir, great. All your friends are listening, but you know what? The rest of us are just tuning it out because we're tired. Well, and it makes fuel for the opposition sometimes, you know, like one of the major issues right now to me is the transgender rights. And I found that if people get too adamant about it, it almost stokes the wrong crowd, you know, for that issue. Like if you really are strongly in favor of transgender rights and you make a huge push on, on Facebook to make this grandiose statement, the people that you're motivating in a lot of ways are the people that you don't want to be motivated. Right. And well, so it's so, social media is a dangerous place for that. You have to be really careful how you navigate it. And you know, as you have ran for office and also in a career where you were a television personality, you had to kind of keep cautious of it. That's why it's great now because you're not, but I find that you are, you know, you'll say things I don't agree with. You'll say things that I, and I totally adore, you know, but the beauty of it is, is that you're not 
ever going to make it to where you're not willing to communicate with someone. No, and, and, and I think that's where we got to get back to is we don't have to agree to be friends. Right. And it's like, um, I, I think that people get so locked in on issues. I got a guy on my page, and I, I know you know who it is. I'm not going to mention him, but he comes on and he just he just wants to rank me, but then he'll write me an email and go, Rick, I know your heart really is in the right place. I disagree with you, but I know your heart. But online, he's putting out, you know, he's puffing his feathers out and hanging his, you know, his, his junk, his <laughs> right, junk out in the right. wind trying to do it. But it's like, I think if we get to a point where I hope I never get to a point where somebody feels like I'm, I'm not listening or I'm locking them out of the conversation. That doesn't mean I'm not going to say, you know what? I completely disagree with you, but I love talking to you. Right. Cause well, I think what we don't allow people to do is change their mind. You know what I mean? Right. We've come or into let a, people be wrong. Right. It's like, or let yourself be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have been wrong in my life way at 59 right. years, way more than I've been right. It's difficult right now because of how divided people are that, you know, okay. And I'm only using this as an example because it's not something I want to harp on you about. But after the, for, on the 4th of July, you had posted something. I think I even made a smart ass comment on the page. You so you had posted, okay, here we go. So you had posted something about real Americans, right? And to me, it's cringe. I cringe when I hear that because I feel like, what does that mean? And right. so by making that, in my opinion here, and I'm, I'm, I'm not harping on you, but my opinion, making those statements is like divisive in a way because it, it's supposed to represent someone. Now, knowing you as well as I do, I feel like your intention of that is anybody who wants to be included in being together. Right. And so it speaks to a certain crowd and I could make the argument panders to one side, but either side that says that, I think their hearts are in the right place, but it's so, we're such a divided nation that people will be offended by, a, like, that's a compliment, like real Americans. See, to, I, to me, and, and, and that's what I can't think people get, we get off on this stuff. I think we've become, too, to me, offend, being, offended that's is fair. A, it, being offended is a choice. And if, if I offend you and you don't come to me and say, Rick, that's I have a, right. a really good friend who's African-American. And every time I say something that, that might be a little offensive to someone who's of, of, a, of a different color, he'll tell me, Rick, this is what you might want to say. But we do it privately. Right. And he helps me to grow because I don't naturally think like that because I'm a white guy. But don't lock me out of a conversation sure, because sure. I'm a white guy because yeah. that's still racism. I'm white. Right. But I still have an opinion. But yeah. there's people who don't want me to... They, they, they discount that. And I understand white privilege and all of that. Sure. I mean, I, I, I'm part of that, I guess, but I understand that. But do not use my color against me because then you're doing the same thing right. you don't want me to do right. to you. You know, that's, that's another, on a, bothersome. Kind of on a tangent, but in the same thing that this is not a conversation for two white guys, to be fair. I mean, no. what no, what I was about to say. And I'm going to try to sit down with Sarah Wolf. We had talked about discussing. She was on the Mark Fronmeyer interview for Star Voting. But we were talking about in such a difficult issue and such a tough thing to touch on. If there is white privilege, okay, and we've all kind of come to this agreement, because for a long time we denied that, or like we wanted to out of guilt, whatever it was. But if it does exist, at one point does a white male have to use his voice as an ally to speak for people that, like the, really the, the, the way to fix bigotry is to listen, you know? Right. And so at what point do we have to accept that if we do have a, loud, a louder, larger voice, that we're going to have to use that for the common good of those people. So to vent, defending them, it's such a difficult thing. Well, well let me take this into the, the field of disabilities because I think that's where I'm more versed at this and I think I could do a little bit better job. But we came up with a, a concept called Look Me in the Eye. And I talked to a girl, a young woman who has Down, she experiences Down syndrome. And I said to her, what's, what's it like for you? She goes, Rick, my world and your world are separated by a glass right. and I can't break it. I need you to help break the glass, but then get out of the way and yeah. let me go through. And I think it's to That's me, kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not black. I'm not sure, sure, Latino, sure. but I think what white people do a lot is we break the glass down and then we walk through and try to guide people into it. Get the hell out of the way. Right. Break the glass right. and then let let the people do what they got to do because you're not of their culture. Right. You don't understand see, that's, what that's that, like. That's kind of what I was talking about. It is exactly what you're saying. The, and then the 4th of July, see, and I, I, I love you to death because we can just talk about it. And like we, I should have done this privately, maybe, but you're you're open book, you know. Here. Yeah, I don't care. But so the Fourth of July, and and this is where I feel, just my opinion, where we're at as a society. So the Fourth of July, you had said that real Americans, they did the national anthem, nobody was complaining, and I guess maybe I looked into it, and I'll take responsibility because I did for the Fourth of July. I went to the Eugene Emeralds game, and they had Latin night, 
and the, you know, there was no, I saw zero complaints over the, um, the national anthem in English, you know, right. but then the rest of the night was in Spanish. And I know that some of the people, and I guess I'm, I'm adding fuel to the fire that some of the people at the rodeo would have problem with that. They're like, this is real Americans. And I think that that kind of statement is dangerous. Where right. See, but what, what people have to start also doing is taking into context that if you don't know me and you do, that's why you oh, understood. Sure. Right. I wasn't saying that. I said, I because I consider real Americans, anybody who is here in this country right. and says, this is my home. It's like an Oregonian. People go, well, you're a native. And I go, yeah, I was born in Oregon, but that doesn't give me any more right than yeah, anybody else. else. If you're from California, you decide you want to be an Oregonian, you're an Oregonian. Right. And so when I'm saying that, I was hearing this, this, this music, seeing people really respond to, um, and I think that's, I, I, you know, I'm not a nationalist, but I think there's, I am proud to live in this country. Right. We do live in right, the right. best country right. in the world, and I'm not going to hide that from people. It's right. like, I, I had a guy the other day because I'm really getting into tribalism. I did not realize that tribalism now is, is a, a negative, negative thing. Kind of, I've been it's bullshit. That. It's not for me. Sure. It's not for me. To me, tribalism is bringing people that I know like you and different people in my world and creating a, a place where we're safe to talk about these right, kind of things. Right. has nothing to do with what, because I think, and I think here's my thing. I call bullshit on some of that because the, the empire, I see the world as an empire, which is a system right now, whether that wants to everybody to have to submit and do what that has to do. They want to keep us down so that we're not talking about this stuff. To me, tribal, I got this from the tribes in Coos Bay when I was down there, the Coquel tribe, watching these people, how close they are, how much they let me in right. as a white and man. And supportive, you know. And, they, and they, treat, they gave me beads just like I was one of them. Right. That that's a tribe to me. I mean, in, it's not. It wasn't. Na it was nothing nationalist about it. It's not about Indian pride or Native American pride. It was about being a family, and they don't just consider people in the tribe the family. So, what my my definition of tribe? But see, if we don't have that conversation, and somebody just hears me say tribal, and they go, and "Oh, see, bad, he's yeah. a white nationalist." But did you ask me, damn right. it? Well, or tribalism has has been used in a negative connotation, but the, by the, some. the expression exactly. But the expression "find your tribe" right is used like more of I wouldn't say hippie but I mean we take every one of us in Eugene is a hippie at heart you know so to find your tribe is something where you find the people that it's family in the way that you don't have to like everything about them, but you right. always support them. Well, I know? think, I think, you know, to me, finding a tribe is just a bunch of people that are coming together going, well, like you and me, I, I don't want to buy into the party line. I don't want to do this. So right. now I have people that I understand that we can go out and talk about that message together. It has nothing to do with nationalists or Trump or any of the rest of it. And I was shocked when some guy came on and said, because I was talking about it. And I have a whole group of people who are counterculture, off the grid, hippie people that were the ones calling each other the tribe. And now people are trying to put us into the Trump box. It's like, g give me a right. freaking break. The, yeah. And I mean, the party, the two party system is is what made Trump with Hillary cheating. Like she straight cheated. Well, you and, know? yeah, and knocking so, Bernie out. And then, so. and then I was going to say, because I'm progressive, full disclosure, and I... Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> it's one of those companies trying to get me to uh, sign up for their program or right. something. So I am a progressive and I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. But when she cheated, I couldn't in good faith vote for. I mean, obviously, in Oregon, it didn't matter. But I think a lot of people felt that way. So the two party system essentially lets the in a lot of cases, the lesser of two evils or the more of the two evils is the one that wins. Because or the one with more money who had the, the right. most, I mean, you know, and then and then you get both parties. It just cracks me up is because the the left says, you know, corporations are the enemy and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying they aren't, but they say that. But they don't ever look at the other side of how much union money and other kinds of money right. is going into the other side. Right. So, and, and my dad worked for the OEA, so I'm not anti-union. But you want to talk about who runs government? It's not just big business. It's big corporations and right. big union and this, money. And, and when we did it's our money, first, it's money. When we did our first inner, you know, version of this interview, we had talked about that too, the unions and the, and the corporations. And it is, it's just big money. I mean, it's, they're different because I feel like there's more accountability in unions, but it I, does run rampant. I would disagree with you. Yeah. Cause I, I, well, I ran and I saw how much money sure, she got from, sure. from those. And it was the same kind of money. And I was the one who got criticized in the newspaper for my money and her, she did exactly the same thing and nobody said a word right. and that's the truth. And that's, so it's, it's not, you know, big money's big money and right. you can hide behind. We're helping these people or there. Well, businesses will say we're helping because we're employing all these other people too. Right. So you can throw sure, it either sure. way. And corporations. And I'm not saying a, unions are evil. Right. I, unions have a purpose because 
they protect people. Right. But but in anymore in Oregon, it's become more about power than it has protecting anyone. Right. And that's and omission. I mean, in media, and you know this more than anyone. Like you said, that they would she would do the same thing, and they would never say a word. Omission in the media is the biggest issue. It's not right. what's being reported; it's what's not. Right. You know. And it wasn't because I was a Republican. I would never blame it on that. At the time, I'm no right. longer. But when I ran, it wasn't that. It was because they had it out for this person who gave me the money, and and they see the other money as well. It's okay because it comes from these groups that are helping people. No. When you say that you left the Republican, are you? So my dad always makes the comment that I guess Ronald Reagan would say that I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. Would you say that it's it's I would imagine for you and I don't want to speak for you, but it's everyone. It's not like you left because of the Democrats or because of the Republicans. It's the system. It's the two party yeah. system. Yeah, I left. Well, I was a Democrat when I moved to Eugene. Right. And I couldn't stay that way because it was too normal. I mean, everybody and there was just the whole the, it, it, it became too it was it was the same thing as the Republicans have become. And then now I think the independents have done the same thing. And so I'm just going to stay a non-affiliated voter because there's always, you know, somebody was on there. I, I found it kind of funny because people were on there. They don't understand how the ballot works. And they saw Kate Brown and it said Democrats slash working party. They thought that the working party meant that, that she's the working party or how come they get to do that? That's totally legal now. You can two parties. Another party can now support another candidate right. like the independent party supported Peter DeFazio when he's not. I don't understand how the independent is a party. Well, that, yeah, we'll yeah. see, but that's and that's, that's part of the problem. That's like raise your hand for anarchy. Well, see, I know, yeah. Or let's let's get together and ha- and, and plan an anarchist event, <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. Yeah, it kind of loses the. Tech. But anyway, but 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 I think that's one of the problems with the independent party is people go if if they think they're a non-affiliated. And they'll say, no, I'm an independent. Well, now you're, if you signed up independent, you're a party. Yeah, just be if a libertarian. You sign, if you sign, that's still a party. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like but if that, you vi- sign up non-affiliate, that means you're not an independent, right. but you are independent of the system. That's where the, the word right. the word switch gets crazy. Because right. a lot of people will say to me, oh, I'm an independent. I don't, I'm not associated to any party. And I said, well, are you an I or are you an, sure. an A? Like you Bernie's know? an I. And, right. right. But the, And that those people are the most important voters. Well, I, don't, I don't know how it's even remote possible that someone's like I voted for for Obama twice and then I supported Trump it's like how is that possible like well I think but, people, you, know, you know it's it's what is what's going on at the time and what you didn't get out of it right one of the things people always ask me is are you gonna run again and I'm like no because I saw what people did um, and, and I wasn't hurt. It, it's not like that. I think people love to, to, you know, it's like when I when I left church 12 years ago, people are like, oh, did you get hurt? No, I just, I, this doesn't work for me anymore. Right. So for, for that, in terms of politics, it was like, no, I saw that people, when I'd go out to a rally or to a place and say, here's what I want to do for people. And they go, what are you going to do for us? And I thought, I thought I was running to be secretary of state of, for everyone in Oregon. Right. But they don't think that. People are like, no, you got to help our side. Well, I'm not going to do that because I'm just as much the secretary of state for the Democrats as the independents, as a non-affiliate. Well, unfortunately, as the because there's such a divide on, I mean, it used to be there was disagreements. It's so divided now that wanting something that you think could be so positive the other side thinks is the end of the world. You right. Know? Well, Mark Hatfield, was our former senator who's now passed away, but he'd said in an interview that we did for um, a documentary we put together on him, he, Wayne Morse was an, a Republican, a Democrat, and an independent. But when he, when Mark Hatfield ran for the Senate back in the 80s, I can't remember, 70s, um, Wayne Morse supported, Wayne Morse was a Democrat, Hatfield was a Republican. Wayne Morse went against the Democrat who was running against um, Hatfield and supported Hatfield because Hatfield didn't support the Vietnam War. Right. And people go, well, that's really moral. I mean, you don't, the war was terrible. At the time, sure. 79% of Oregonians supported the Vietnam War. Right. So they, these two men went against their parties and, and Wayne Morse had the balls to say, you know what, what's important to me is this war is wrong and this Republican is supporting that. Nobody would do that today. Right. They'd well, go line up with their party and, and, and put their, their other things aside. There's no consistency. Well, and motivate, and it's hard to say like what, I mean, I'd almost think the politician has more information sometimes than the than the average person that might support the war. You would hope. So it's difficult because oh, but they're they're going with the wind. Well, Patrick. yeah. Well, if seventy nine percent of people are saying the war is good, most politicians back then were saying the same thing. I think it's it's. I feel like today. I mean, it's I, changed so much in that way that like I. 
you know, think about Iraq. I mean, Hillary Clinton, uh, so many people across the board supported it. You know, Bush, it was the same cog, it was the same machine, essentially. And it's so apparent now, it's not even funny. But because well, people aren't consistent. But the people themselves were super rabid against it. So it's difficult to say, because I think the people in, as a whole are against the military-industrial complex. See, but I don't you think know? you're right, Patrick. I mean, you're probably the, right. You probably know, we live people, in, a, in, a, in a skewed view in Oregon. I'm not saying the, that most people aren't. I'm just saying, I think what ends up happening is the side that we most relate to is what we think, how can, and this is the problem in America, I think, is we go, well, you know what? Most people think this. How could you think anything else? And that's what I, right. I sure. find the best thing for me is I do, I, I go back and forth and, and I read and I listen to stuff that I hate. Uh, and I listen to what both sides are saying, because if you don't, you, you know, you need to know where people are coming from. And if you don't, um, then you're just you're 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 basically becoming a mouthpiece for your own belief system. And I'm not saying it changes your belief system, but I'm saying if you don't find out what other people are saying, how are you really aware of what's going sure. on? Because, you know, you're getting fed and they love to feed you. Then let me. OK, so I'll kind of explain why I fall on the left then because I feel like a lot of the issues that I stand for are for the benefit of other people it's not about me so gay rights transgender rights women's right to choose and not being killed in a war <laughs> you know you know but, so but see, but see I don't see those as a, I don't see those as a left issue I see those as a human and issue. see that's where you would have to fall outside of the Republican Party because they look at it differently. But see, I don't, well, maybe some, but I think it's a big, but it's a big circle to draw. And I think there's a lot of people, that's why people are leaving both parties because I think they also understand, um, you know, I'm also, I think like you as a businessman, I'm pro economy. I want the economy to do well. At what Um, cost though, you know, I mean, but right. But I also think it's ridiculous um, that Eugene is wanting to still build a city hall um, and put millions of dollars home. in a city hall instead of what would a better symbol of Eugene be than to build a shelter, a nice place where we really are helping people who are homeless. And, and they're doing out. that right in the old city hall. They're doing the homeless shelter. They're but not it, doing a shelter. They're putting up a bunch of tents. Yeah, 38 and, people, which is insane. No. It's so and, small. And we're still working on the. I hear people coming on going the number one priority in Eugene should be the city hall. And that's and, then, and like you said, it's it's ran by the left, and that's the problem. Is because they, you know, my mom worked. But 19 what did you years. think? But what did you she, think? The left to me, I have you know, I, I would think if you're compassionate and human, that you'd think a better symbol for Eugene would be a, a place to actually take care of the homeless, right. not a not well, a city. That sounds more. But this is what's funny to me. It, that sounds more Republican or conservative to me. Is we need a, a symbol for our community. Um, over building for, and I'm being very, very, um, I, I don't really believe that, but that sounds I, sarcastic. I, I, I pulled you. up, I pulled up behind a Volvo the other day and I saw all these bumper sticks on it. Hate your TV, throw away your television. Don't trust the media. Don't question authority. And the only bumper sticker on there, and that used to be the, uh, the left. The left, right. And the only bumper sticker on there that wouldn't fit was coexist. But I looked at it and I went, that could be a Republican car right now. Because every sticker on there except for coexist would, would ref- reflect see, the Republican see, Party. That is that statement right there. The coexist exactly is what I was talking about of why I lean left. Because what's wrong with the coexist? Nothing's wrong with you the know, coexist, well, but that doesn't sound like a Republican. What I'm saying is as an you, example, all those other things, the Republicans have become the Democrats and the Democrats have it's become totally the true. Republicans. But the, but the, uh, you know, the coexist is representation of multiculturalism. And that's a fundamental difference as, as of opinion, because like we were talking about before, real Americans, people want there to be one general view of what America is. And that's so I'm not saying that there's a right or wrong on that answer because it's an opinion. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like that. That's, I guess, a lot of what's caused the division is you get one side that wants to celebrate a lot of culture and different stuff. Now, do they actually do it? Maybe that's not true. See, you know? but most people that I know who are um, on a more conservative level, they want they don't they don't disagree with I, treating right. people. I, and I agree with that I on mean, the on the daily basis. The but people I think that you, I mean, things have to grow. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think we understanding transgender. If that's not your thing, to understand that it's not a, it's just not a, a switch the light on. Oh no, it's an education. You know, thing and, and one of my understand. one of my really good friends who's a transgendered man is about to have surgery and is telling me, and it's one of the most beautiful things I've heard on the topic. He told me that we're all in transition. That as a society, because there's been moves to make it more acceptable that we're all in transition and so you know 
it's like the expectation isn't that you should know right away how things work. I mean, we've made a lot of progress. There's words that we won't, you know, there's words that I use as a child to refer to gay people and people with disabilities that I would never repeat again. No. You know what I'm saying? And I use them without even thinking about it. Right. But you, it meant stupid and weak, you know? And I think if we're careful, the way we do that with people is not saying, oh, you know, because I've had people come up and they'll say, you know, you're not supposed to say that. And I want to just say, oh, shut your head. You know, but if, if <laughs> I mean, somebody comes reason. up in gen and, and kind of, okay, so uh, years, a few years ago, uh, a couple of African-American friends of mine came to me and said, we want you to speak at the Martin Luther King uh, Assembly at North Eugene High School. And I said, are you sure? And they said, yeah, we'd like your topic. We'd like that you talk about people and we're all in this together. That's cool. And I said, so how is that going to go across with the school? Well, he went to the leadership of the school and the principal said, I do not want a white man doing that. Wow. And they said, well, that's what we want. And we're black. Right. So I went into that assembly and the principal came up to me, who also happened to have some other things going on. Um, and she said to me, um, so what are you going to do? And I said, why don't you just watch and find out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got up there and I said to these kids, you know what? We Do you guys know what it feels like to be poor? Do you know what it feels like to have people treat you terribly? Do you know how? And we went through this thing. By the end of the assembly, I had those kids and me screaming. Right. Spit was coming right. out of my mouth and I'm going, do you give a shit if people are this or that? I mean, is it time for people to look? I, you're Latinos. We're white. We're black. We're, who cares? Right. We're all in this together. And those kids understood. And I walked past that principal as I'm leaving and she looked at me and she went, I'm sorry. And I but said, so it wasn't, that's, that's so it cool. wasn't what you thought. Yeah. And, but see, but her, her, why is that any different for her to label me as a white man not acceptable to do this right. when what those kids needed to hear and I needed to hear was the same message. It just didn't have a color on it. Sure. And I, that kind of goes with what I was talking about before. I wonder if the people that had asked you to do that kind of had that foresight that they knew that maybe you might have had a more powerful voice. I don't think that's why they asked. I think that no. they wanted to show the ally. You know what it was? It's the definition if... Um, it was the, um, I think what it was, was uh, the key to all of this, everything that we're talking about here. It's relationship. They know my heart. Right. And they knew that if Rick Dancer, a white guy, one, I think they wanted to challenge the establishment and say, no, for Martin Luther King, we want a white guy to challenge them, to make them have to go and to hear them have to say, we don't want that because that's also a bit racist. Right. And so they wanted to hear that. And then they knew that my love for people and that kind of stuff was going to be bigger than the message. And when that came off, both of them were standing in the back with these big, huge smiles on their face. And I walked out and they said, you just kicked ass. And I said, no, those kids kicked ass. Sure. Because and I mean, I, not to defend the school, but the school probably had a fear of how is this going to be perceived, you know, and but, but it worked out in, the, in a good well, way. Well, and so that's, that's what I think these guys wanted to challenge is because maybe we should stop doing that to everybody, not just some people. Oh, people you need to I mean? all be comfortable to speak up. It's like, you know? we, I think that we, but we've created a culture where some of us feel like we can't even be involved in the conversation right. because of our color. And I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to understand what it means to be African American or a person of color. But how am I going to know what they're up against if we aren't having we a dialogue? And I want to be friends with people so I understand that. I have lots of friends in these different communities. When I worked in the news, my news director came to me one time and he said, um, "We live in, we work in this really super liberal newsroom." You're like this guy at the time I was a guy that went to church. He goes, "You're like perceived as this Christian dude," and he goes, "You're the only one in the newsroom who has gay friends." Friends in the African-American community, the Asian community, the Latino community. Um, the, he was just naming off all these right. lists. And he goes, how come you're the only one that has friends? in the When we need to contact, you have them. And I said, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so damn horrible. <laughs> and I walked out of the room and I thought, that's a stereotype that people had about me in, in that newsroom. And yet when it came, when the rubber hit the road, I was the only person in that room. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I was the only person in that room who had those kind of contacts. Well, and I think the reality, like you were saying that, that the church thing, there's people in the church community that don't have that, 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 that have that like love for everyone that, that truly are doing it the right way. I you think know? all of it, there's people, think, people out there like majority, you, me, well, yeah. I, mean, I think there's a bunch of us who want this to work out well. We just want to have a voice and we want to give right. people their voice. 
um, which is why you do what you do and why I do what right. I do. And that's the thing that that's the thing that's so difficult right now with with the division is to find a way to kind of like listen, but also feel like you've been heard as well. Well, and give people a break. Right. I mean, give us the benefit of the doubt that like you had to when I said the, a, a trigger phrase for you, Americans. Um, but you, <laughs> real but you, Americans, real Americans. Yeah. But you gave me a, a benefit of the doubt because you know me. I think, and yeah. So, and and so, if that, we don't do that with other people, I know that really bugs you because yeah, you keep bringing I made it up. A, I made a snarky comment about it. Like I said, I said because I basically took what you said and I wrote it basically the same way with changing a few words to be a, a smart ass. But I, I knew that you opened the dialogue on your discussion. So there is things that controversy sells i know that it and and it is but at the that same time a, within but that wasn't reason, my point that's I how i felt i know and so for somebody to go rick that may be perceived like this right that's a better way to oh, do that's it that's fair than, than to a, say yeah. to say to me you know and i don't i, I honestly no, don't even remember a, what i said but, but but people barking at me going wait a second that's not even close to what i had and right. i wonder how much I do that to other people too. Right. They'll say something where I'm not taking, that's what I was talking about way back at the beginning of this conversation. We don't take a deep breath and go assume something better and then ask the question. And yeah, then, that's fair. Cause if I would have worded it, Hey bud, well, I don't know. Like, how do you go about it? Like if I, cause Hey bud, can I think first of all, so you, I think you personal message me and you sure, say, sure. Hey Rick, do you know that, um, that comment, this is how I might perceive that. And I just want you to know, that this is how some people in the audience might be perceiving this. Right. And then then all of a sudden you haven't attacked me and gone, uh, uh, Rick, you know, there are such things as real Americans or not such thing, whatever, you know, whatever that would be. I honestly don't even, I remember being at the event and I was so emotionally touched being in Montana. Sure. Oh, where yeah. there wasn't yeah, yeah, all this yeah. other fray fray and everybody could just sit there and I'm watching and I'm seeing people um, in, in Montana, there's, a lot of different cultures and people right. and I'm looking around at the Latinos and all these people and I'm thinking we're all Americans we have one we're listening to this we have one thing in common whether we're Latino or black or whatever we're all out here and we're we're honored by being in this country because it is the best country in the entire world where I can I can have the freedom to do this where if I was in another country and you and I were doing this we might we might be killed right so well, I this that's, is a, that's pretty obvious in Saudi Arabia right? yeah well, yeah. So it's it's a pretty amazing place, and that's not being a nationalist or anything. That's saying, thank God I was born here, no. and to be standing there looking at all these people, um, it 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 touched me. But if you, but for your point, if it did make you think, you know, Rick, you're saying a word. Assume I'm not thinking that because sure. I was right not. Ways. I don't right think ways of, to address it, but it right. feels so much better to just be a smartass. But that's right. The, but then, but then, and it doesn't but, it doesn't fix the problem. But on the other side of it, because I know you, I right. took no offense to right. that. I mean, because I know how we are, so it doesn't take. But but if we don't have relationship with people of different cultures, of transgender cultures, of gays and lesbians, people in our lives that are different than us. Um, how are we ever going to understand each other? And if we're just listening to the same right-wing radio or left-wing articles, and that's all we're entrenching ourselves in, how are you ever going to know what other people are thinking? Oh, yeah. And I, I tune into a lot of the stuff only because it makes my arguments stronger. But, I mean, some of it's hard to stomach. Like, I don't know how someone could wake up and be like, I want to listen to Rush Limbaugh. Well, but you, and I, and I, <laughs> you there's know, some things know, on I mean, there I agree with you. But, but on the other side of it, you also have to remember there's people on the other side reading articles that you're reading thinking this is the right sure, thing sure. thinking i feel just as sick that's what i found really interesting when trump was elected and i'm not a trumper um but but people were going oh god this is just the end of the world well did they ever stop to think that probably those people on the other side thought the same thing when obama was elected yeah, see and it's even hard for you to go it's to. hard it's, but so, that's, it's so hard but, but patrick so different it's, just, it's but it's the same thing i know but you got two different ideologies and we have to give both the grace um, and not give up what we think. It doesn't mean one's right or wrong, but we have to be able to have the grace to say, okay, you know what? They get, they are going to feel the same way. Uh, that's, but see, the thing that's different, okay, is that a serial, a serial philanderer. Okay, so these people, okay, if that argument is going to be made that Trump, that I, I agree with you, that there is that feeling on both sides. I wish sides. we had a different person to use but, because but, people are. Well, we don't. You know, but right. here's the thing. I will never allow someone to use the moral high ground over me again from that side because a serial philanderer that said grab her by the pussy is not the same as a Christian man, Obama, who maybe happens to be black. So what was so bad about him? Because they're not crying foul about him killing people in Syria, dropping missiles. They're not because they love it when the Moab gets dropped. It's fucking hypocrisy. 
Well, you know, but, you know what but I mean? And, but, so I, and I'm not sticking up for that, like and I don't Trump think... Character. But let's don't talk about either one of them. No, you're right. Just because the, I think... One I, of and I'm not a supporter of... I don't, I, I don't... I can find just as much bad about Obama as I can. Well, I can find a little bit more about Trump. <laughs> that's, but that's but I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking for somebody who has... has who Somebody that can do something different than, than pe- bring people apart. Right. It's and, so tough. That's why I like about Beto O'Rourke. He hasn't played the game. You know, and he's but on see, the left. And, yeah, and the problem is that somebody like that, we don't have, people don't have, he hasn't done the money. Yet. I mean, yeah. Yet. That's true. If he loses the election in Texas, he's not going away. He will run and maybe be vice presidential pick and have a long career because, and what he's about and what he stands. So, you know what? I'll use a name from the right too, John Kasich, just okay. to be fair. The John Kasich and Beto O'Rourke both are like not trying to mudsling. Now, sometimes John Kasich calls out Trump vehemently why because it's unethical and immoral the way he talks the way that trump talks i mean you know it's like the leadership a lot of what motivates people for to love trump is they speaks his mind well that's what i'm saying is i will never listen to those people have any comment about morals because they have none because it's literally about party over everyone else and at this point the party is one person you know you know it literally is i don't even think trump's a republican no, that's what I so mean. That's what I, but that's one of the things I find funny is because he's not even a Republican. The Republicans really don't like him. Right. And yet they're the ones everybody kind of says, these are the bad people. But it's like, really, who are the, who, who are the Trump supporters? Right. I don't think they're all the Republicans. Because well, if a Republican, and by a Republican you mean somebody that believes in limited government and, and wants to support business and making it cheaper to run business. I believe in that. And that, that's what I'm saying. But that doesn't that's, make me. That's logical. That's ethical. Do you know but, what I mean? Well, but, that's also considered conservative. Right. See, but that's where I think this is the big lie. I think I think most Oregonians are right in the center. Well, I don't want. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want big government. Right. I don't want government telling me what to do. But you know, what? I don't want you telling me what to right. do. That's how obnoxious but I see, am. But see, libertarianism in in Oregon for weed, for guns, for sexuality, all these different things, the government stays out of it. And then yes, I agree with. And that. they're consistent because they're even if it's an issue that they don't care about that they don't that they're not that big on it there's a libertarian value you know like um if if a certain thing like guns came up that they're going to go no people should have the right or you know we they're very consistent with what they believe whereas um let's look at republicans here's a great example with mark hatfield um he was pro-life so that meant he didn't believe in capital punishment Right. So how many people today are pro-life right, exactly. and still think you can kill a, kill a, a criminal? Well, because rep- that, and then that's not consistent. He was also anti-war because that's killing people. That's called consistency. Right. But what we created is it's, you know, well, no, I think you can do this, but you can't do well, this. Well, like Pat Robertson saying that the business dealings that we have with Saudi Arabia are more important than that journalist's life. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on now. Yeah, no. The good news is that millennials can be religious of any belief system and millennials are going to be more accepting. So the religion card is not going to work anymore on right, voters in right, 20 years. Right, right. Because people will be like, stay the fuck out of my life. Well, it's. I think we're, we're all becoming more libertarian. And it's independent. Like, and truly independent. The thing about millennials that's the best is that millennials are entitled, but are also independent thinkers. That the, and, and for a lot of ways. I mean, yes, you fall into big groups, but I mean, there's statistics that show that millennials know their facts more. And I don't find them to be entitled at all. Oh, I do. I have a couple in my house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know what the millennial cutoff is. No, I mean, there's, there's a line about entitlement and about country I, th- I think is really great. So there's this band, Propagandi, and they're a Canadian band, but they're one of my absolute favorites. And it says, the system I oppose affords me the luxury of biting the hand that feeds, which is exactly why privileged fucks like me will whine and kick and scream until everyone has everything they need. Huh, that's awesome. And that statement is so true. And I feel like that is what millennials are about politically, right. that they're like, well, I will whine and kick and scream until everyone has everything they need, right. you know, so... Well, buddy, I got to go We do got to wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> we, Patrick and I could do this for three days. We should, I, I'm going to try to get you at least back once every quarter, six months, whatever no, it I'd is. No, I'd be glad to. It's such it's... an honor to have you on. And I think this is great because, you know, I know you're independent, but you have more right beliefs than a lot of my guests. And so it's a really cool thing to be able well, to bring you on. And I here. hope that people out there can just give people, give me the context to not take the shit that I say out of context. Right. Because, bottom line is if you do, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, right, gonna, right. You know what I mean? But you shouldn't. Right. And you should listen to the entire conversation if you're going to judge. And even then, it's like, 
understand that we may think differently on certain things, but in the end, we all want what's best for Oregon and what's best for people in this country and for people, that's all people in this country. And, you know, and I think if people just do that and and stop being so, you know, because I know I'll get, you know, emails from people and it's like, just so you know, I don't really pay attention. I hope I do. I hope I get complaints because that means that I'm actually being heard. When I was in the news business, if you didn't have people complaining, you you haven't made it until you got negative press. But so I want to thank thank you again a lot. You know, I'm going to end this with a song that I made about 14 years ago and I thought you would love it. It's called uh, Lead or Get Out of the Way. All right. And it it features... A girl who at the time was 15 years old, she's got to be like, what? We don't talk about a woman's age, but so she is older than that now. But she had a beautiful voice at 15. She said something to me, hey, what about this? And I was like, let's record that right now. But it never got on an album of mine. So I'm going to, you know, put that out now. Lead or get out of the way. Hey, Rick, thanks a lot. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me in. Appreciate it. Chaos breeds madness as violence brings sadness. Remain us away the fate we are forced to create. Chaos breeds madness as violence brings sadness. Remain as a way, the fate we are forced to create It's scary television can blind even the stars We celebrate lives of decorators behind bars For positioning money glorified by the honest approach Keep your silence, your violence dies like a roach Ever present is the wrath of I can't afford it Education is a tool, a weapon, face the facts, explore it I put one foot in front of the next Reverse the curse and lift the hex. I went walking, talking myself deaf. I ask if it lasts. I've wasted my breath. I went walking, talking myself deaf. I ask if it lasts. I've wasted my breath. Lead or get out of the way. Move less, eat more. Obey my word, play Lead or Get out of the way The stress of an open door Can lead you astray Bringing all the trouble my own Leaving this life behind Left my kids and my cigarette Stress of an open door can lead you astray.